Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Open Mic. Hey, we want to invite you right now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, or if you're on Spotify, follow along, subscribe on Apple Podcasts so that you don't miss any episodes of Open Mic or any of our young adult uh, sermons and messages. So today, got a special guest on, uh, on the Open Mic, and it is Josh Clifton. Josh is one of our team leaders here at Young Adults. Josh, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me on today. Excited uh, excited to talk to you. And I've been looking forward to this uh, interview for a while. And uh, Josh, you've been part of our community at Young Adults since this past summer uh, is, is when I met you. And uh, just totally was impressed with you right off the bat. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you're coming in and uh, you're, you're a lot of people say they want to serve with young adults and they want to get involved in, but you showed it. I'll never forget the first uh, event we had. It was like a summer event and a summer gathering, and you got there early. You stayed late. You were cleaning out coolers. You were taking out the trash, and that's when I, we all kind of st- stepped aside and were like, hey, Josh is like actually in, you know? And so, Josh, just why don't you walk us through some of your story. Your story is one that uh, you've overcome some serious physical challenges uh, in, in your life, and yet you still are like such a good servant. You're, you're so joyful. And will you just walk us through some of those physical challenges you've had? And we're going to dive into how you have faith in the midst of that. Absolutely. Well, God has just given me a great opportunity to serve Him and just love being able to do that. Um, in May of 2012, I was playing in a church uh, picnic, uh, like most churches have, for Memorial Day, just goofing off with our high school students. And um, that night, after playing softball, after playing uh, basketball, and uh, just throwing the football around, I came, I came home that night, and um, my sock was red. And I thought, that's weird. And uh, ended up and took my sock off and saw that I had a blister on the bottom of my foot that was about the size of a quarter. Uh, for most people, that's no big deal. Uh, for me, at that point, it really wasn't anything at all. Uh, but being type 1 diabetic, I knew that I would probably need to check in with the doctor, just let him know. And so the next day I went to the doctor. He said, hey, we'll look at it. We'll keep an eye on it. Just keep it covered and keep it dry. And um, little did I know that would begin the process of about a five-year period of time uh, where I would just struggle physically. Uh, that blister turned into an infection uh, to the point where uh, in 2013, I lost my great toe on my left foot uh, because of the infection. Um, that day, April 8th, I was taken to the hospital by my wife. And uh, usually you wait in the emergency room for, you know, four, six hours to be seen. Uh, I actually sent my wife to pick up the kids that day from school and run some errands. And I said, hey, I'll still be here waiting when you come back. And uh, within 15 minutes, the doctor had me back in the back. Uh, my fever had gone from 98.4 uh, to over 102. Uh, the doctor came in and said, Josh, we're going to have to take your great toe emergently uh, to save your life. And I went, wow. wait a minute. To save your life, yeah. yeah and right. he said, or she said, um, we need to do it quickly. And I said, well, before we do anything else, you've got to call my wife and tell her. So I dialed my wife's number handed the doctor the phone, and uh, incredible moment in my life that I'll never forget. The doctor was explaining uh, to Melissa everything that was going to happen, and it was in that moment that I literally felt the peace of God come over the situation, uh, laying in a hospital bed, um, 
in the ER getting ready to face an amputation, which nobody ever wants to hear that yeah. word. And um, God just pretty much whispered and said, Josh, it's going to be okay. And uh, it wasn't just okay that day. It was continually okay. Uh, I've just seen God do some incredible things. Um, later that year, I was drying my foot off, uh, having, having got used to the amputation, uh, you know, balance issues here and there, but doing really well. Um, had gone to four camps that summer, did vacation Bible school at the church, uh, just hanging out with students that summer, really enjoying life. And then August came around, I was drying my foot after a shower, and um, the bones in my foot began to make sounds like you're popping your knuckles. And I thought, wow. man, that's weird. And uh, so I called my podiatrist, and he said, Josh, I want you to come in. I want to take some x-rays. And uh, it was there that afternoon he diagnosed me with a thing that most people have never heard of. It's called Charcot joint disease. And uh, it affects about 100, or it affects one in every 700 uh, diabetics. And, um, of course, I'm always the one, Logan. It just seems to always be that way. But God is so good in those moments. Um, what actually happened with that Charcot joint disease is I broke every bone in my foot. Holy cow. And uh, the bones... Uh, when they break, they become like wet spaghetti, is the way he described it to me, and they, they just fall to the bottom of the foot. And so between uh, August of 2013 through uh, May 2nd of 2016, I walked on what they called a rocker bottom. All those bones were just in the bottom of my foot. There was no structure. Uh, there was no form at all. Uh, I had to have special shoes made, which I'm a very prideful guy. That was a difficult circumstance. Um, but, man, through all of that, there was just God in the midst of those circumstances, uh, constantly giving me and Melissa peace. Uh, in 2015, uh, we had come back from Jacksonville, Florida, where my sister had gotten married, and um, I had began to run a fever uh, while we were in Jacksonville. We drove directly home, directly to the ER, and um, two days later, the doctor came in and told Melissa he said, you need to prepare yourself. Josh isn't going to make it. Uh, my blood pressure was just over stroke level. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't get the infection under control. They figured by the end of the day, I was going to stroke out. Um, but it was during that hospital stay that God just did something uh, that stopped Melissa and I in our tracks. Um, when you're in a time like this and you don't know what else to do, the greatest place is, is to turn to God. And uh, we were sitting in my hospital room just reading scripture. Melissa was reading to me out of Psalms. And uh, she got to Psalms 40, and it says the words of David. He goes, I waited patiently on the Lord. Well, if you know anything about me, I stand at the microwave and say, hurry up. <laughs> uh, I'll eat a half-frozen burrito just because I don't want to wait. Um, but he goes on and he says, I inclined unto you. And he heard me and brought me up out of a horrible pit. And then he goes on and he says the words, I put a new song in your heart. Praise to God. And then he says, many will see it in fear and trust in God. And it was in that moment that I realized I had been praying a prayer to God for over, at that point, 15 years, saying, God, I want you to use my family to turn the world upside down. And he said in that moment, you know, I am doing that. I'm using you to affect the lives of other people, because they're watching your life. And it's not always fun when people watch your life, but 
They watch it whether you like it or not. And uh, mine and Melissa's goal has always been that we would show them Jesus. But in the end of that verse, it says, many will see it and fear and trust in God. What more could I want from my life than that God would use me to draw people to himself? And so we've gotten to see God do that through um, just the different circumstances medically. Uh, Melissa's gone through a lot uh, with different things and migraines and and struggles. Um, But yet God's been faithful through it all. Um, And how, how like, you know, when you say... Uh, it, in the hospital, you you were like, this is a good place to be is to look to God in this moment. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, it's a five-year struggle, you know? Yeah. That's a long time. Five years, you're, you're, you're facing that. And yet, you you know, as you got another infection and the doctors are telling, hey, you, you might, you might, you know, telling your wife, hey, mm-hmm. you, you might lose him or you're probably yeah. going to. And you're saying like, you had this, um, peace from God throughout this process. Why do you think that? Why do you think that you had that that peace? Like because you had chosen to follow Him earlier in life. Do you feel like you had just built trust in Him? Or just walk me through that. I think you do have like a special sure. kind of faith that is like a is a gift, man, of your joy. Well, in it's, that, it's just incredible to see the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Um, you know, me walking through this process is not at all about me. It's about how faithful he has been. Um, but when we give God a little bit, and he just takes that and blows it up, and uh, we've just seen God through this process. You know, I trust him with a little bit. He takes care of that. You know, it's me just abandoning myself in that. Because, man, when the doctor tells you, hey, we're going to cut your leg off, and eventually May 16th, or May 2nd of 2016, that's what they did. The doctor came in and he said, Josh, there's, there's five points of infection in the bottom of your foot, and it's in the bone. There's nothing we can do for you now. He had been telling me for a year and a half, Josh, I think the best thing for you is amputation. I stopped taking Melissa to doctor's appointments because I didn't want her to hear that. Yeah, no one wants to hear that, but, right? But I just trusted God for the next step. And honestly, Logan, I, I've learned not... I don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. You know, God has just been so faithful, and the prayers of God's people have made that huge difference in my life. I think those people that are praying for me, and God shows up in those circumstances in ways that I can't imagine. And that's when, probably why you're so passionate about jo- Josh leads our, our prayer team at, at Young Adults, and um, you know, you, you send us a text all the time, uh, hey, I'm praying for you when, when we're speaking and stuff, and and I know that you mean that. And so speak to me, speak uh, to the, me, to the audience a little bit about, like you said, people praying for you made a difference. What, like, how, how have you seen that manifest itself in your life? And then why has that motivated you then to pray for other people the way that you Absolutely. do? Absolutely. You know, for me, I was a part of a great church at that time. And uh, those people began to cry out to God on my behalf, on my family's behalf. Um, just people I know all around the world, missionaries. We're engaging their churches, and internationally people were praying for me during those moments when the doctor did come in and say, you know what, Josh may not make it. Wow. And um, so that does something in me, and I've seen just God answer prayer like that. And having a good church home, people that you can confide in, you know, finding accountability um, for the days when you just 
don't know that you can do it. And yeah. I can remember, uh, for me specifically, there was one time right after I'd come home from the uh, below-the-knee amputation, and uh, I was using a walker to get to the bathroom. And uh, I opened the bathroom door. The door bounced off the back wall and came back and hit me and knocked me over. Mm. And I can remember laying in the floor in that moment at about 5 o'clock in the morning and the devil just going, see, you can't do it. Wow. And I remember going, God, I really need you right now. Mm. And I can remember in that moment I got up, and it was about 5 o'clock that morning, and I texted five of my good friends that were my accountability partners. I said, listen, this is what's going on right now in my life. Would you just pray? And I mean, five o'clock in the morning, waking those guys up, they stopped what they were doing in that moment and prayed, sent me texts of encouragement. And, you know, God has just put people in my life, um, and he's just been constantly faithful and good no matter what the circumstance. And so what that does in turn for me is that says, man, I know prayer works. And I know prayer is an encouragement to other people. I can't do things for people sometimes, but I know God can speak into mm. those situations. And why not go to God on their behalf and just ask God to do what only he can do? You know, Pastor Eddie says that I may not be able to do something, but I can do, I can pray for people. Yeah. And so that's always stuck out to me. Um, I come from parents that that love the Lord, and they've they've modeled that for me yeah. in their 50 years of marriage. So it's been very cool uh, just to be a part of that and just to see what God does with that. And I see how it encourages other people. You know, when I text you and tell you I'm praying yeah. for you, man, it's true because I know we need it. Yeah. We need each other. And and I think that just speaks to you. I, know, I never would have even known that, like, you had been through such— because I, I, I know for me— and my my weakness and time like I don't know I don't know how I'd handle like what you what you've been through physically in a, a physical trial like that um, and you've mentioned you had accountability you were at part of a great church and um, we 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 like are all about the community it's no I mean as you read through the book of Acts there's no doubt that the believers in the early church they were together all the time yeah. Jesus was with his twelve disciples all the time he was with those people. And I know that that's one of the keys that we preach on all the time of, uh, hey, this is why community matters. And it sounds like that was obviously a key in, in your yep. not growing bitter, but also like not giving up. Yep. But what else would you say on top of that, outside of that, outside of prayer, outside of community? What other advice would you give to someone who is either in a trial of like, they're going through something that is physically painful mm-hmm. or, or mentally, emotionally, <clears throat> or they've got a family member, a friend uh, who's going through something like that, and it's taking a toll on them. What would you tell them? Yeah, because it might not be diabetes. It might not be, you know, an amputation, but we're all going to face things in life that are are going to be a trial of faith at some point. Um, you know, for me, just uh, spending time in God's Word has been huge. Uh, like I said, that Psalms 40 Many will see it in fear and trust in the Lord. But he goes on later in verse 5 and just talks about we can't recount the ways that God has shown up. And if we look in our circumstance and our situation, um, sometimes they're pretty black and they're dark. But you know what? God always shows up at the right time. And just his faithfulness, being able to count on that. Um, But, you know, encouraging other people has always been one of the things that I enjoy to do. I enjoy to bring, or I like to bring 
encouragement to other people because I know what it's like to feel down. I know what it's like sometimes to feel like you're the only one going through it. But the more and more we read scripture, the more we spend time together, we're all going through this difficult life together. And uh, we can be an encouragement to each other. And so I've really tried myself and just the people that I've surrounded myself with have been an encouragement to me, and I just want to be an encouragement like that to them. Yeah, and and there's no no doubt um, all throughout Scripture we see that we're not promised as believers a trial-free life, yeah. but we are promised an eternity full of no weeping, no hurting, yeah. no pain. How is having that future hope of heaven uh, because of your relationship with Jesus, how has that impacted the way you've approached this entire situation, whether it's Melissa struggling with migraines or whether it's you getting an amputation or having an infection. How has that future hope um, helped you? Just knowing the truth of God's Word, understanding that, you know what, it may be 40, 60, 80 years that I have this amputation, but man, one day it's all going to be over, Mm. and it's all going to be worth that in the end. Um, Just remembering God's goodness through that, you know, this life, as much as we want to make it about us, has nothing to do with us. We're just able to be a reflection of who God is. And, uh, you know, for me, this is going to sound really funny, but I look at people that have two legs and go, man, I wish I wish I could have it back. But in a lot of times I go, I am who I am today because of what God's allowed me to go through. Mm-hmm. And because, uh, and like, this is... I mean, once you told me your story, I was like, that, that, like, it stuck out to me. This is a, you, you know, sometimes your biggest pain leads to your, your platform, yeah. you know, and that's not fun, you know what no. I mean? Like, but, like, I, I just, like, am so blown away that you, you've, like, owned that, you know what I mean? And, and I know that's credit to the Holy Spirit sure, absolutely. Uh, in your life, and without that, you would grow bitter, but mm-hmm. it, it is, like, impressive and encouraging, um, and, and it's just, like, so refreshing to see that you're like, in the end, it's all going to be worth it because, like, there is a future yeah. a future hope that uh, awaits you, you yeah. know? And one of the things that I look at as, as a father of two teenagers right now, the way I'm living my life more is caught than is taught in the way of— Can you say that again? That's, that's quote-worthy right there. The way you're living more, your life The more way you is, live your life more is, is caught than is taught. So what I'm— teaching my kids right now is God's worthy of trust. And, you know, in verse 5 in chapter 40, it says, many will see it in fear and trust in the Lord. And that's just complete abandonment, giving everything up to God, saying, God, it's all yours, whether it's your kids, whether it's your health, whether it's your wife, your friends, your family, whatever that might be, you've got to let go of that. And the moment we let go of those things, that's when God takes over and he does more with that than we could ever do. And, um, you know, just for my kids, I want them to know who God is and what they're seeing mom and dad go through right now. They're living through it, but they're seeing the faithfulness of God through that. And uh, nothing more could excite me as a dad than to see my children walk and follow God and trust God that way. More, Man, that's good. More is More is caught than is is taught that's for friend groups that's for that i mean that speaks to me as a, a father of two <laughs> kids i'm like wow <laughs> you know and like it you scares said, me you, to death what my kids have learned from me yeah. by watching and like you said earlier people are always watching our yeah. lives I, I mean i watch other people's lives not in a weird way right yep. but you you observe <laughs> yep. you observe what other people do and um 
man, I want them to see the fruits of the Spirit. I want them to see love, joy, peace, yeah. patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. But um, I can't do that on my own. I need God's God's help to do that. And and I sure don't want anybody to think that, man, it's just easy. Yeah. This, this It's hard. And and I fail more than, than I'm a success. But God is just that good. And God is just that faithful and merciful and just kind to us. You know, and, and I, I just want my life to be a reflection of who he is. That's awesome. So. Well, Josh, man, thank you for for sharing your story. Absolutely. I know this is going to encourage some people, and uh, I, I just, I really am appreciative of of just the joy that you have in your life and, and your desire to serve the Lord, and um, I just want to challenge everybody out there listening, like, there is something, like, I would have never known your story, Josh, if you didn't start serving in yep. the church, and if you're out there and you're on the fence, like, should I serve? What should I do? Like, just start doing Get something. I mean, start picking up a water cooler and throwing trash away. Just be present, you know, and uh, I, I love knowing your story. And so, Josh, well, thank thanks you. thanks for being on, and uh, we'll catch you all next time on Open Mic. Thanks for being here.